0: pray. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for this evening. Thank you for uh, the time to open your word together. I pray that our speech, or conduct would all be well, pleasing to you, that you'd be at uh, work in us, and that you would teach us and instruct us in uh, your word. And we pray that uh, the body of your Son would be built up, that we would love and serve one another in our love and service to you and to your son, uh, and that you'd equip us to use our gifts for uh, for your kingdom, and the kingdom of uh, your son, and that all these things would be uh, to your praise and honor and glory. And we ask these things in his name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so last week uh, we... Had a review of the the creation account and just looking at the first verses and working uh, back through the first two days and we finished uh, day day two. If you're not in Genesis, go ahead and open up. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we just saw with the the first two verses, uh, we saw the. Context and time established in the beginning. That's not the main point, but sets up the the time frame for what follows. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and so all of this. We're looking at the creation of all things, uh, the uh, the visible uh, realm of earth and heaven as we know it and see it today uh, outside.
1: Bara Elohim,
0: right. Uh, and so from there, then, we have an unresolved issue. We turn to the earth and in it's uh, incomplete, unfinished state. It doesn't tell us what happened, but it's just the state of the earth. Uh, there's no change. There's no happening. It doesn't say, now the earth became uh, formless and void. No, the, the earth was with, without form and void or barren and empty. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and so here uh, the earth uh, is in this state of uh, almost like a, a barren wilderness of nothingness and emptiness, uh, where God is going to uh, take uh, take the earth and create fruitful habitations in the first three days.
1: There wasn't even a light, light yet.
0: Right. Yeah. And then the emptiness he's going to fill, especially on days four through six, the next three days. Uh, and we also see the darkness, that where there's darkness, a light will be brought forth on day one, but then also the luminaries on day, day four. Uh, and we see uh, the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters. Like, the Spirit doesn't emerge from the waters. Uh, the creation is not part of God. It doesn't emerge from God. God creates it. Uh, God is distinct from the creation and the creation is distinct from him. Uh, there is, uh, God is the one uh, who is and was and is to come. He's eternal. Uh, he, he always was, but the creation uh, had a beginning. The heavens and the earth and the seas and all that are in them had, had a beginning. Uh, God uh, did not. So so the spirit is Present, uh, and active, uh, and uh, sovereign, uh, and will be at work uh, to uh, bring uh, bring about uh, these things, to turn this uh, barren creation uh, into fruitful habitations, and then to uh, fill it. These four through six with the luminaries, uh, the fish and the birds, or the aquatic and aerial creatures, uh, and uh,
2: the what? land animals and Ruach, Man, is, over it all.
1: ruach is infinite, and the element, the things that Ruach creates, are finite.
0: Right, yeah. yeah. But in
1: total, they're infinite. I mean, the total of creation is infinite.
0: No, a creation is limited.
1: Well, God can create it anytime. God, God, God has
0: no limitations. Uh, there, there's nothing that binds or limits uh, God. Uh, God is free to be God, uh, but the the creation is uh, limited and bound uh, by God, and so uh, God isn't—he's not restricted or limited by created. Uh, time by created space uh, by the created heavens and earth and seas and all that are in them.
2: Uh, these That's things. Right. God is always bigger than creation. They, no they, matter they, how big He makes creation, He's always bigger. Yeah, That's it's, it's not just it's not
0: just a matter of like spatial dimensions. Yeah. But God, uh, He is He's not limited. He's not bound by these things. Uh, they're His creation. He's sovereign over them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he de, He determines. Uh, he determines the dimensions of space and of time and of the heavens and the earth. Uh, and so uh, he orchestrates history. He's not bound or limited by history, but he makes it. Uh, he's sovereign over it. He he rules over it. Uh, and God, uh, in uh, his very essence, uh, and in his life, Bob has spoken about God as being uh, not non-contingent in his being. He's not dependent on his existence uh, he's not dependent upon anything for his existence, uh, but only himself. But everything depends upon him. And so, uh, God is infinite, but the creation is finite. It's it's limited. it It had it had a beginning. Uh, there there are limits to uh, the universe. Seems incomprehensibly big to us. But there are limits. I didn't There verbalize, are limits verbalize to, it correctly. To the creation.
1: What I meant was God can create at any time, create anything at any time. Yeah,
0: yep, yep, absolutely. Right. And so here we have the, the context set up in the beginning. Uh, we have God created the heavens and the earth, and that introduces God, who's the primary and really the only agent who's active in creation here. Uh, in this uh, this uh, historical narrative of uh, the events of creation, then the entities of the heavens and the earth are introduced, and then the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So let's read through day three. We'll just read through this and see how uh, this uh, See a uh, classic translation without foreign void or this sort of a uh, wilderness n- nothingness uh, of an area. God's going to create fruitful habitations, uh, which involves uh, creating and ordering and yes, uh, forming, separating. And so we'll, we'll go through uh, day three. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse, and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there is evening, and there is morning, the second day. And God said, each according to its kind, on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there is evening, and there is morning, the third day. And so, uh, first day, you have light, you have day, and night, so now you, you go from darkness to light, uh, from night to day, evening to morning. Now you can have the cycle of the days, first day. And so that comes first. And then with day two, uh, we saw uh, the, uh, the heavens, the expanse or vault of heaven uh, above. And God names them uh, heavens or uh, skies. And so you go from from light, and there's kind of also a time element to that, now to this vertical orientation where the waters of the deep, so into the darkness he calls forth light, and now the waters of the deep are separated. So you have the waters below and the waters above. He names them heavens above. Oh, I got a question for you. Yeah. Remember
2: I asked you this once before, you know, because some of the creation scientists believe that at the begin, originally there was this canopy of water hanging above mm-hmm. the earth, and mm-hmm. that's where the waters. That's one mm-hmm. source of the water for the Fort, you know, Noah's flood. And, and right. then, of course, the waters in the deep are the are the groundwater mm-hmm. that, found that came up that mm-hmm. also flooded the earth. Mm-hmm. But do you believe in that canopy theory? That no, uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to where that. Where did that water come? We'll,
0: we'll get to that. That comes up when we get to we'll the get creation to the, of man. To the flood. Well, no, before that, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that in chapter, chapter 2. Oh, chapter 2. Early in chapter 2, after okay. verse uh, 4.
1: Okay.
0: And so that'll, that'll be the next section, but okay. just very quickly, uh, I'll, I'll say about that. Part of it is because they don't think that there was any rain until the flood. Yeah, there was no rain. But that, that's, that's right. mistaken because God says that the, that the plants of the field and such hadn't come up yet for two reasons. He hadn't caused it to rain yet. And so this is before the creation of man. And there was no man to work the ground. Now in that chapter it concerns the creation of man. Because you can't have all of the uh, the cultivated plants without man. But you also can't have them without the rain it says. Mm-hmm. And so it implies that uh, there was rain. Rain just wasn't used to destroy the earth yet. Uh, but that's not the central uh, point there. And so he's going to create man. Uh, but then it also implies uh, that to have the cultivated plants. You need man and rain. And it wasn't until the. Um, in the cultivated plants. That's where man got his bread. His food. And so there had to be rain. During that that time. And, and so part mist, of what. part of what it, that used to rise part, from the ground. And now. Almost rain. no creation scientists. Almost mm-hmm. none of them. Uh, at creation Ministries International. At Answers in Genesis. Uh, at. Uh, institute for creation research almost none of them hold to the the canopy theory Uh, that was some of the some of the earliest uh second half of the 20th century uh, theories and ideas uh, that came from a couple of the the earliest um they had a theologian i'm trying to think of uh i should remember the names off the top of my head uh, well, Morris, Morris, Morris was John,
2: what was it? Henry Morris and John Morris. Yes, yes, And was how about Ken Ham? So MacArthur
0: was quoting that stuff, but now Ken Ham, almost no one holds to the canopy oh. theory anymore. Oh, it's, really? It's, Ken Ham is
2: discredited. Yes. They got him on the radio, and John and Henry John Morris too.
0: The, the, almost yeah. no creation scientist holds to that anymore. And it's not. Uh, we'll we we'll, so, we'll get okay. into it in detail, but it's so there was. Rain I, I, rain don't, it's, there I don't I don't think it's supported. Uh, yeah. Supported biblically. And so they're trying to say that, uh, and it's also a misinterpretation of you have springs that come up from the ground. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they talk they, about that. They try to interpret that as mist and they try and say that's the canopy. Nope, nope, nope. But the windows of heaven were opened, uh, and, uh, rain came pouring down for 40 days, 40 nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, it hadn't rained 40 days and 40 nights before, uh, and the, the fountains of the deep were burst forth. Uh, you have those two and so uh it was the torrential uh rains and waters uh, of the flood there was no deluge there was no flood uh before that time to destroy the earth that uh that's what was uh, was new so we'll get we'll get into that but though the in first chapter two. 11
2: chapters of genesis are so important and there's it's so hard for me to understand. Yet I know they're so vital, especially yeah, yeah. for witnessing. You. Know, I mean, we'll go. We'll go so through. You, we'll
0: go through that. And I, I think Henry Morris and such. I don't know that. off the look, I don't know that anyone in church history ever interpreted it like that way. Um, and so it's like you do have to be a little careful with. Uh, we were talking last week too, that some have argued because they're trying to create a cosmology or cosmogony, the, the origin of the. Of the universe, the creation. Uh, uh, There've been certain models where they tried to put water at the very mm-hmm. fringes of the the universe, but we saw no. That was connected with the the rainwaters that God gives from uh, from above. It's it's the uh, the creation as from the perspective of on the earth as we see it see it above. So we looked at that last week. And even those, I think, that argued for that particular, they're different models, uh, don't even necessarily hold to that as the most likely model anymore. <laughs> and so some of those things, you have to be careful not to get too speculative and to go beyond, uh, to go beyond uh, Scripture uh, with, uh, with some of those things. Uh, so we but we, have, we'll, get, we'll get into that in more We might not detail. have
1: models, but we have mm-hmm. Scripture
0: yeah so they're, they're free to they're free to try and explain well how do you have distant starlight uh even sec- secular uh cosmologists have to explain because there hasn't been even according to their models there hasn't been enough time so they had to come up with like an inflation theory for light and heat to uh to uh disperse across the universe uh far enough and so they even have uh, a light time travel uh, problem. And so, so creationists, are, they have the freedom uh, to try to be faithful to scripture and to observations to come up with models, mm-hmm. but recognizing that some of those models that then s- speculate and, oh. and go beyond, they don't have the authority of scripture. God's so, thoughts
1: are not our thoughts.
0: So we, and and there are
1: some things that, and they can never be. That you know, we, I mean, we aren't God so we'll
0: never know, we'll never know everything. Yeah, in other
2: words, we'll never be able to for witnessing to someone, like, say, how do you explain the creation of the universe and and the mature universe?
0: Oh, there are biblical, there are plenty of biblical answers, and then if someone's interested, uh, you know, in uh, some of the scientific models, you can uh, present. But you can present plausible uh plausible accounts of that, but that they don't all have uh the uh you know, so to the extent they go beyond scripture, they don't have the authority of scripture. So but let's blog, let's not get too sidetracked. We'll right get into <laughs> that when we get into uh uh the generations of the heavens and the earth and the creation of uh man and, and woman. And so now I'd like to, we're going to get into this more. So I I'm not, don't want to deal with this. I, I want Tonight I want to look at a little bit of a, a pagan myth of the Babylonians that a lot of times will be quoted and say, oh, this is where the Moses and uh, the prophets and such, this is where they kind of got the separation of the heavens and such like that. Uh, and so I, I want to look at that and contrast Uh, biblical creation versus sort of the pagan accounts Uh, but one thing that we're going to look at more is uh, connections with the tabernacle and creation where we'll see that the tabernacle they're not identical the tabernacle is not just repeating the creation account word for word you know it'd be no different then but the tabernacle is a lot of the how Uh, the discourse, the narrative is structured, how it's ordered, a lot of the ideas and themes draw on the creation uh, to connect the two because creation itself, uh, you have this idea in scripture that creation was made, God was going to dwell in the midst of his people, in the midst of humanity, who'd be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth on his behalf. And so the creation was really made to be uh, the temple and dwelling place of God where he would be manifest his presence in the midst uh, of humanity, in the midst of uh, his stewards. And so like in the Psalms and such, and uh, Solomon even talks about this when they make the, uh, the temple, Solomon says that, you know, this temple that's made by human hands can't contain you. Right. You know, the creation can't contain you. Uh, and you, you have these ideas that God... And we saw some of them in the Psalms. I think we looked at Psalm 104 and then maybe Psalm 148. Mm -hmm. But that God, he dwells uh, in the heavens. Uh, The heavens are his throne. Uh, The earth is his footstool. God is enthroned in heaven. He rules over all creation. And so it uses these metaphors, these imageries, like a king who sits on his throne and, and rules and reigns in his kingdom. God is the one who's enthroned in heaven uh, he's enthroned over all creation, uh, the earth is his footstool, he he rules, he has dominion over all things, over all of creation, and so these ideas are drawn into creation and into the tabernacle, and so for instance, uh, we will see, and maybe with the uh, time, maybe we'll just look uh, briefly at this, Let, let's go ahead and do it, we're kind of off, off track a little bit, uh, but I wanted to cover this as debating. Okay, what? We have a fork in the road. You know, which way are we going to go tonight? But we'll look at more detail, and maybe in our time off, uh, you guys can uh, read. If you look at uh, the the tabernacle and some of these passages and read through the creation account a few times, uh, you'll be better prepared to make some of these uh, connections. But, Boy, there's, but a the, of,
2: there's a lot of theories on the so creation. So let's go.
0: Let's go to. Uh, to Exodus, we'll be going to Exodus uh, twenty twenty-seven, or actually, it's a little earlier than uh, than that. Let's see. Actually, go to uh, twenty-five. Now, here you have uh, Moses who goes up on the, uh, the mountain for 40 days and uh, 40 nights. Uh, and as I recall, we'll, we'll talk about this uh, later on. But if you look to uh, they have the ratifying of the covenant, uh, God appears uh, to them uh, in, uh, where they come to. Uh, Mount Sinai uh, in Exodus 19 uh, and then uh, they wait a few days uh, I believe it's on the, uh, the third day they're there they're at least uh, three days uh, third day or fourth day uh, where it overlaps, where you'd actually have a Sabbath because you have two months, 60 days, 63rd day. And so they sanctify themselves, they prepare themselves for God to speak and reveal himself to them. And then he gives his uh, 10 commandments. And so just look at, well, actually, uh, I'll just briefly touch on uh, chapter 19, verse one. On the, third, uh, on the third new moon, after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, uh, on that day, they came into the wilderness uh, of Sinai. And so it's the, the third month. Uh, and God speaks about how he brought them out on eagles' wings. Bob was kind of talking about that with the Exodus uh, in his last sermon. And then in verse 10, uh, well, when Moses told the words of the, uh, the people to the, to the Lord... Uh, the Lord said to Moses, "Go to the people and consecrate them today uh, and tomorrow, uh, and let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day, for on the third day uh, Yahweh will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all uh, the people." So today, first day of the month; tomorrow, second day of the month; on the third day, which is you have two months, sixty days, sixty-third day uh, in of the of the year. Uh, seven times nine, but then also with the first sign, which took took a week. Uh, uh, you, you also have it's the seventieth day since all the signs and the plagues uh, began,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and so it's a Sabbath. They consecrate themselves, and God is going to speak with the ratification of the covenant uh, to to His people. Uh, and then uh, He He speaks to them, and in chapters uh, twenty. Uh, 20 you have the 10 words the 10 commandments uh, and then in 20 uh, 21 through maybe 24 you have the book of the covenant which gives more specific uh, commandments and instructions or uh, 21 through 23 and they ratify the covenant uh, in chapter uh, twenty twenty-four, 24 uh, and as you go through this, uh, chapter 24, they said to Moses, uh, come up uh, to the Lord. Uh, you, come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadav, or Nadab and Abihu, uh, and 70 of the elders of Israel in worship from afar. Moses alone shall uh, come near to Yahweh, but the others shall not come near. Uh, and the people shall not Come up with him. Uh, Moses came and told the people all the words of Yahweh and all the rules, and all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words uh, Yahweh has spoken, we will do. And Moses wrote down all the words of Yahweh. Uh, he rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain. So he rose early in the morning. So now it's not the third day anymore, it's not the Sabbath. Uh, now it's the fourth day. Uh, the beginning of a new way, week sixty fourth day of the of the year, fourth of the month, so it 's the beginning of a, a new uh, week uh, first day of the week. Uh, he rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain, and twelve pillars, according to the twelve tribes of uh, israel, and then you have the blood of the covenant, uh, the sacrifices. Uh, and you go into verse 8, and Moses took the blood and threw it on the people, and he said, Behold the blood of the covenant that Yahweh has made with you in accordance with all these words. Then Moses and Aaron, uh, Nadav and Abihu, uh, and some of the elders went up, and they saw the God of Israel. Uh, there was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone, like uh, the very heaven for clear, clearness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. Uh, They beheld God and ate and drank. Uh, Yahweh said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, that I may give you uh, the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses rose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute, let him go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered uh, the mountain. Uh, The glory of Yahweh dwelt on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. Now we're going to get to the point uh, soon. I know I'm kind of leading you on a little bit. Uh, But you now have... Six days, So Moses goes up and waits uh, six days. So now from the fourth of the month, uh, third month, uh, 64th day of the year, uh, he waits six days. And so that brings it to the 10th or the 70th the day of the year, the Sabbath. And so uh, Moses went up on the mountain and the cloud covered uh, the mountain. The glory of Yahweh dwelt on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And so that's the, that's the Sabbath, uh, the 10th of the third month, 70th day of the, of the year. And Moses waited. It's a day of rest. Uh, and uh, on the seventh day, uh, he called to Moses. And so it's the first day of the week, the 11th of the month now, 71st day of the year, uh, le- 11th of the third month. On the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of Yahweh was like a devouring fire on top on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain and Moses was on the mountain forty days and forty nights, uh, which brings you uh, to the fourth month the twenty first uh twenty first uh day uh which is uh, the sixth day of the week, you can think of it kind of like uh, we had we had seventy and then seventy first. So if you take that that first plus forty one, he's up there forty days. But there's a day preceding it. Uh, it's it's the sixth day uh, of of the week, uh, and it's on that day that we'll see that Aaron and the Israelites build the golden calves. God made God made beast. On day 6, on the 6th day of creation. On on that day, 6th day of the week, 4th month, 21st day, they build the golden calves. And then on the next day, they hold a feast to Yahweh. uh, For for Yahweh, uh, your gods, the golden calves. On the the Sabbath. 4th month, 22nd day, 112th day of the year. Seven times seventeen, so seventy plus forty two you can kind of think of it uh, like uh, like that and so on the Sabbath, they made the golden calves on the sixth day, they worshiped them on the Sabbath on the seventh day uh, fourth month twenty second day of the the month. Uh, they worshiped them, and so they broke basically all of God's commandments, they broke basically all the ten commandments, uh, they violated the Sabbath. Uh, they uh, had other gods besides the Lord their God. Uh, they made graven images. Uh, they, they had their drunken uh, feasts. Uh, some of that may even imply, uh, may even be suggestive of uh, even possible sexual immorality, certainly spiritual adultery. Uh, and so uh, they basically violate uh, uh, God's commandments. And so that's going to be important now as we see the tabernacle and the, the connections with creation and the creation week where this idea of the Sabbath keeps, uh, keeps ar- arising. And so uh, there's a reason why it says, now after the three moons, third month, on that very day, uh, they came to Mount Sinai. And then they waited, uh, they sanctified themselves that day, the next day, first day of the month, second day of the month, and then the third day of the month, God appears to them on the Sabbath and speaks to them his 10 commandments, uh, his 10, uh, ten words. Uh, it's a day of rest. God's salvation. God's bringing him out. God sanctifies his people. Uh, the, the Sabbath was a reminder that God was the creator of the heavens, the earth, the seas, and all that are in them. That He made them in six days. That they're to do likewise uh, as his holy people, but also that he is the God who sanctifies them. He's the one who gives them, uh, gives them rest. And so there's, there's a reason why these indicators, uh, Moses told all the words to the people. You have the 10 words. You have the book of the covenant, uh, writes them down. And then uh, Moses arose in the morning, first day of the week, and they have the sacrifices. They ratify, uh, they ratify uh, the, the covenant. There's a reason why all of those are there. and Moses waited six days. 10th day of the month, and then the 7th day, the 11th. And then you have 40 days. And so 40 days bracketed uh, begins with, uh, it begins, well, right before the 40 days, you have that one day that begins at the beginning of the week. It'd be kind of like our our Sunday, (laughs) Um, but the, the beginning of the week. But then they make the golden calves, and then the next day, God sends Moses down on the Sabbath because now they're worshiping the golden calves that they made. And so, but I want to look now at the, uh, the sanctuary. So we'll, we'll, go ahead and focus on this.
2: Uh, After 25, the sanctuary. And,
0: and we'll, we'll go more into the creation account. Uh, we'll, we'll look back at it tonight, but, uh, there are two different directions I, I thought we could go. We'll do the, some of the tabernacle, uh, tonight. And we so then we can, the we can apply it. We can apply it as we go through the creation week, uh, more and more. So we can reinforce that as we continue to study uh, Genesis. And so, first you have this uh, general introduction uh, to the tabernacle. So Moses was uh, on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. And then, chapter 25 uh, Yahweh said to Moses, Speak to the people of Israel uh, that they take for me a contribution. From every man whose heart moves him, you shall uh, receive the contribution for me. Uh, and this is the contribution that you sh- shall receive uh, from them. And now with the contributions and such, uh, he's going to be instructing him about the contribution that he's supposed to take. Uh, from Exodus 25 on these Forty days and forty nights uh, leading up, uh, and so this is the, the, uh, the fourth fourth month from the or third month from the eleventh day to the fourth month to the twenty-first day. He's he's instructing them, and then he'll send them down with the tablets of of stone uh, for for the people. And so a lot of this instru- instruction is about the contributions that they're to offer, uh, and the instructions for building the tabernacle. For all of the uh, things that will fill the tabernacle, the Holy of Holies, the holy place, all of the, the instruments uh, for the priests, the robes, the ephod, uh, all, of, all of these instructions, the incense for burning on the altars, uh, sanctifying the priests. And so that's through this first section. And then after when they come to uh, worship uh, the, uh, the golden calf, Uh, which uh, will come in chapter 30, 32, I believe. Yes, in uh, 32. So Moses will be on the mountain between chapters uh, 25 to 30, 31. And 31 will end with the instructions on the Sabbath, by the way, which is very significant because they're about to break the Sabbath. Uh, but then, going back to the contribution, so 25 through 31. And this is the contribution that you shall receive from them. Verse 3. It's kind of an overview. Uh, and the, the pattern of creation will kind of come up again uh, and again. Uh, sometimes in summary form, but sometimes through through the chapters. And so the contribution, gold, silver, and bronze. Blue, in purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined uh, linen, uh, goat's hair, uh, tanned ram skins, goat skins, uh, acacia, uh, acacia wood, oil for the lamps, uh, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense, onyx stones and stones for set setting uh, for the ephod and for the, the breast piece. Now it's not as obvious in here, but as we continue to study, you actually have the uh, the outline of the tabernacle summarized uh, in here, at least with the, you have the gold, silver, bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen, uh, goat's hair, um, and possibly the tinned ramskins. Let's see what day that is on again. But bound up with the tabernacle, like as a whole in the acacia wood, uh, oil for, for the lambs, Uh, We'll see connected, uh, but the the lampstand will be with like day four. Uh, Spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. Some of that will deal with the altar of incense. Uh, Relating to day five. Onyx stones and stones for setting, for the ephod, for the breastpiece, for the priest, uh, which will be connected with uh, day six. Uh, And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst, exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and all of its furniture, uh, so you shall make it. And talking about the pattern, we'll see some of these patterns, but there's a heavenly pattern that the author of Hebrews speaks about. It's a pattern of the heavenly tabernacle. He wasn't joking. Uh, This this is where uh, he gets it from, uh, from uh, Exodus, but also like from the Psalms and such where you see God dwells in the heavens. He's enthroned in heaven. The earth is his footstool. Uh, God being uh, enthroned and the creation being uh, where he's enthroned. Uh, is very uh, central. But here now is where we'll start to see it uh, break down. Uh, we're in chapter 10. We'll go, we'll go to a summary passage uh, after this. I just want you to see how chapters 25, a little bit, how 25 uh, through, uh, was it 31, 31. fit together. Um, but we, we won't go through them in detail. Uh, and so it starts uh, with uh, uh, the tabernacle as a whole, uh, broadly, broadly speaking. And we're, we're going to see that come up again. And so uh, before this, uh, it could be this. It's woven into the preceding set, uh, sanctuary, but looking as a whole, and let, uh, let them make, uh, with the contribution, a sanctuary that they may dwell in their midst, exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and all of its furniture, so you shall, uh, shall make it. Uh, and so then here uh, we'll see that the Ark of the Covenant, uh, then and we'll see it even more clearly as we go to the very end of Exodus, uh, into chapter 40, uh, where it, it's uh, broke down very quickly, um, where Moses then erects the tabernacle, and there will be uh, echoes back. And so uh, the, uh, the ark, as I recall, you first have like the tabernacle as a whole, kind of the, uh, the basic structure and such like that, and uh, covering. But then the ark is bound up with, uh, related to day two, uh, where God is enthroned uh, over the ark uh, and we'll touch on when we go into uh, more allusions but sometimes there's similar language that's used and you see that kind of like with the lampstand uh, some of the very language that uses for like the luminaries uh, is connected with the lampstand It doesn't use like sun and moon uh, Shemesh and uh, yahreah. it uses uh, Me'orot, uh which are for luminaries, light bearing objects uh, and so uh, the the Ark, uh, where you have the, the cover put over the Ark, uh, God, uh, his presence, his glory, uh, is enthroned over the cherubim uh, in the Ark. And so the, the Ark is related to God's throne. He's enthroned uh, over uh, the Ark. Uh, it depicts his throne, uh, the same God who's enthroned in heaven. And so you kind of have this kind of a vertical orientation Uh, And we'll also see connections when we look at the end with the tabernacle in the Holy of Holies. You have the darkness, the spirit, uh, the spirit hovering over the face of the deep. And you have the darkness where light is manifested at the end of Exodus, God's presence, God's glory is manifested in the uh, the Holy of Holies. Uh, You have connections back to creation, uh, kind of an inclusio between the beginning of Genesis and the end of Exodus. Uh, But it's a little tangential. We'll see that. And so uh, the ark, uh, the God who is enthroned in heavens, he manifests his presence in the Holy of Holies, enthroned over the ark, uh, over the uh, atonement cover or mercy seat. Uh, uh, and that's his throne where atonement is made uh, once a year with the cherubim. Uh, and You see that kind of in revelation. Uh, you see uh, God's holy angels and such worshiping in heaven, and God is enthroned in, uh, in heaven. And you see that in the Psalms. In uh, Solomon talking about the temple, uh, the you know the temple can't contain him, uh, in in all of creation. Uh, and so, first you have the ark. In uh, verse ten, they shall make an ark of acacia wood, uh, two cubits uh, and a half shall be its length, a cubit and a half its breadth, and a cubit and a half its height. You shall overlay it with pure gold, inside and out. Uh, shall you overlay it, and you shall make on it. Uh, molding of gold around it and so he gives instructions for the rings that they're to make uh, to put on its uh corners sides for for carrying uh, the poles uh, of acacia wood in verse 13 overlay them with uh, gold Uh, and you see that the rings are to be put on the sides uh, the poles then are to uh, be placed in the ark for carrying the ark and remain in uh, the rings of the ark Uh, they shall not be taken away and verse 16, and you shall put into the ark the testimony that I shall give you. Uh, you shall make a mercy seat or uh, an atonement cover uh, cover over it of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be its length and a cubit and a half its breadth. You shall make two cherubim of gold of hammered work uh, shall you make them on the two ends of the mercy seat. Uh, by the way, uh, you have uh, Craig, would you like to go to the end of Genesis 3 and uh, read about you have a God? Is it uh, cherubim that are outside the garden? Uh, maybe you can read from us. And you have the, the sword uh, outside the garden uh, so they cannot return into the garden of God's presence. Uh, and we'll see with the garden, so they're in the garden. And we can even go back to creation. We have the spirit present Uh, In the darkness, you might have this imagery of kind of the Holy of Holies. But he he dwells in the garden. Then they're banished east out of the garden. Mm -hmm. And now the Holy of Holies, you go from the uh, the sanctuary of sanctuaries, the inner sanctuary, into the holy place, the sanctuary. It's east of it. The Holy of Holies is all the way to the west, east. And then Cain kills Abel. He's banished to the east. The garden's made to the east, by the way, from the east, uh, they put it. Uh, but then the man and woman are banished east out of the garden, and the cherubim are put there. They can't enter into the garden. They can't enter into the Holy of Holies, back into God's uh, uh, presence uh, in, the, in the garden. And so he puts the cherubim outside to, to guard it in and the, and the sword. Uh, and By the way, the priests uh, in Numbers, uh, the Levites are put to the east, and they're to guard anyone, uh, any stranger, or anyone who tries to go in, well, into the courtyard, but into the sanctuary, who's not allowed. Uh, were to be cut down, to be put to death. And so they're to guard. They're to guard uh, God's sanctuary, uh, the courtyard, uh, the uh, the holy place, the sanctuary, and the holy of holies, uh, the sanctuary of sanctuaries. And so you have the garden. uh We'd say, I guess, to the east. But then they're banished out of the garden, east. Cain kills Abel. And so you kind of have the Holy of Holies, but then to the sanctuary. Uh, and then Cain kills Abel. He's banished to the east, away from God's presence. It's going east, east, east. And then when they build the Tower of Babel, they build it in the east. And so it's kind of like going uh, from the Holy of Holies to the holy place, to the courtyard. And banished, put outside the camp. Um, and so there, there are these uh, connections and imagery but uh, can you read in uh, Genesis where God banishes you know now the man has become uh, like one of us and read through to the end. Would,
2: would you in verse 22?
0: Yeah man has become <clears throat> like one of us and God said. Alright. So
2: this is Genesis three, twenty-two. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, to know good and evil. And now lest he put out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life.
1: So it's the tree so. of knowledge and, and the tree of life. Mm-hmm. Were they both in the middle of the garden, close to each other?
0: Well, we'll look at that later. God himself talks about the tree of life that's in the midst of the garden. Right,
1: but there's no discussion about the tree the of The woman knowledge. to
0: the serpent. And so before that, all you know is the tree of life is in the midst of the garden. Mm-hmm. And you know that God planted the other trees. He gave them all to them except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Those that were uh, good for food, those were that were uh, a delight to the eyes, uh, the tree of life. So they had life, they had sustenance, they had beauty, everything that they needed. And then the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so at first, all you know is that the tree of life is in the midst of the garden. But then when the serpent tempts the woman, he says, Now, did God say that uh, you shall not eat from any of the trees in the garden? Did God say you you shall not eat from any of the trees in the garden? Which is the opposite of what God said. Mm -hmm. And the woman says uh, that from the trees of the garden we may eat. But the tree that's in the midst of the garden, he said, uh, you shall not eat from it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. There's little differences in there and it's, it's partially true what she says. Yes, they meet from the trees, but she doesn't say from all the trees, like God said. And she doesn't single out, she doesn't differentiate the tree of life that's in the midst of the garden. But, but the one that she fixates on, but the tree that's in the midst of the garden. She's fixated on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, you shall not... You you shall not eat from it, nor shall you touch it. When did God say, "Don't touch the tree"? He never said that. Oh, you know what a big meaning God's so strict. You you can't even touch it. Uh, So are we too? And so so there there, there, there are things where she's not. God's word is God's word is being distorted. And when she says, "Lest you die," God says, "Dying you will die." It's kind of weakening the force of it. And so now the tree of the knowledge of good and evil may very well be. The same tree? No, in the midst of the garden. Oh, okay. What the woman may say is true. It's just, it shows, if it if it was in the midst of the garden, I assume I assume she's right. Uh, if it was in the midst of the garden, although maybe she's kind of changing where the, the, well, the heart, stat, heart of the garden is. The scandalous changes after the sin is committed. If it was in the midst of the garden, the... Uh, then there were two trees in the midst of the garden right. she's fixated on the tr- the one she can't eat from uh she's kind of forgotten about oh yeah the tree of life that was in the midst of the garden you know she's kind of forgotten about that that's all the picture that's just yeah from the trees of the garden we
1: we But can't after eat. she eats but, of the tree of go- of the knowledge of good and evil that changes the uh, status yeah so, of which of so our status so of of we'll get we'll get into that
2: would it would it have been permissible for Adam and Eve to eat of the tree of life as long as they didn't eat the fruit from the tree? of Yeah, life? God said, "From from all the trees of." So the garden, they eat, they could have lived eating, forever eating, and then eating, lived it without eating, knowing evil.
0: Eating you eating you may eat. Um. Uh-huh. And in true true wisdom, oh boy, true wisdom, yeah. True true knowledge was found, uh, in the fear of the Lord. True knowledge was, uh, believing God's word, holding fast to God's uh-huh. word. Instead, they sought a knowledge that was outside of
2: God. Curtain number one, curtain number two, curtain number three. They sought they sought an experiential
0: knowledge, an autonomous knowledge, where well, maybe they, they weren't looking for the experiential knowledge where they actually did evil, but that's what that's what ended up happening. Now they knew evil because they committed it, so they knew it in an experiential sense.
1: They acted on their own private bodies and they also sought they also sought.
0: Autonomous knowledge of good and evil To be independent of God To determine what's good and evil For themselves, what's true, what's right But we'll, we'll get to that We could go on to So that. you have the mercy seat And the cherubim Or the, the uh, atonement seat This cover uh, And you shall uh, Exodus 25 verse 18 And you shall make two cherubim of gold Of hammered work uh, Shall you make them on the two ends of the of uh, the mercy seat, make one cherubim on the one end and one cherubim on the other end of one piece uh, with the mercy seat shall you make the cherubim on its two ends. Uh, the cherubim shall spread out their wings above over above, overshadowing the mercy seat with their wings, their faces to another toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubim be, and you shall put the mercy seat on the top of the ark and it In the ark, you shall put the testimony that I shall give you. And you have these promises that come up uh, throughout when he's giving instructions. There I will meet with you. And from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim that are on the ark of the testimony, I will speak with you about all that I will give you in commandment for the people of Israel. And so you see God uh, meeting uh, with him, enthroned. Uh, over uh, the ark of the testimony uh, between the cherubim that cannot look at God's presence, you know, it's they're, they're depictions of heavenly, uh, invisible, spiritual uh, creatures, beings that God makes uh, in His heavenly throne room that dwell before Him. You see that, for instance, in would be uh, Isaiah six, uh, the beginning of Jeremiah, and the beginning of Ezekiel. Uh, you see. Uh, they see visions of God enthroned uh, before uh, before them. Uh, And you see uh, some of his heavenly uh, beings as God is uh, enthroned uh, before them. And so then verse 23, you now have the table for the bread corresponding to day three. I believe uh, sometimes you also have the uh, the bronze basins uh, for the waters. Uh, co- corresponding with uh, day three, uh, it depends on the instructions that are being given and the things that they're uh, making. But there, with the uh, the basins, you have the water, uh, the waters on day three, gathered into seas. In uh, the word, even mikveh uh, is like used for the gatherings of the of the waters. Uh, but then, with the table uh, of the bread of presence. Uh, you have the, the 12 loaves. And this was to the south of the tabernacle. And so God separating uh, the waters below on day two. Uh, you have the heavens above, above, waters below. And then you have this picture of God enthroned by the heavens and, and the cherubim. So you kind of have this vertical orientation. On well, the tabernacle, oh, you have the, the table of the bread presence to the north. And we'll probably... We'll talk about that more. Uh, Part of that may be bound up with, we'll see the lampstand uh, related to day four of the luminaries. Uh, Part of that may be that uh, the sun and the moon, uh, sun rises in the east, sets in the west. Moon goes in the opposite direction, just a lot more slowly, you know, once a month, uh, where you see a new moon. But because Israel's in the northern hemisphere far enough, they have a southern orientation. Uh, the, the sun has a southern mm-hmm. uh, orientation uh, in the northern hemisphere, like us. We're even uh, farther uh, to the north, but it's around like...
1: Not really much.
0: Uh,
1: oh, uh, fair, fair, fair bit than Israel. Uh, you would think, Minna, but Minna, I mean, if you look at the map, you'll yeah. see that yeah. they're almost the same.
0: Well, maybe especially if you go to, to northern Israel, but...
1: I don't know but, why. <laughs> I mean, Israel seems like almost it should weird. be a lot warmer. A lot By the way, anyway, then the...
0: A lot of the the breadbasket
1: of Israel, the breadbasket
2: of Israel. 45th parallel. We have well, that's to, what Minneapolis is on.
1: Yeah, and is, part of Israel actually includes that. Huh, At least no. the map I look, it would, might have been in your map. Yeah, they are
0: like 30 and up, but let's stay focused here. <laughs> so part of that, you have lampstand to the south, the bread of presence to the north, uh, the fertile uh, fertile regions uh, you may have also this sort of a, we'll talk about kind of a western eastern orientation that you see with the garden uh, with the seas of the deep but then the altars to the east of like the sanctuary uh, we'll see that with like day six but uh, then the, the bread basket like of Israel was to the north you have all these fertile, uh, fertile lands um, and so it may have a sort of symbolic connection there but verse 23 you shall make a table of acacia wood two cubits shall be its length and a cubit its breadth and a cubit uh, and a, a cubit and a half its height uh, you shall overlay them uh, with gold uh, and as you go down then into text about the poles the great on verse 29 and you shall make its plates and dishes uh, for or did, did I jump uh, beyond it? Yeah, table of bread presents. You should make its plates and dishes for incense, its flagons and bowls uh, with which to pour drink offerings. And so it also hosted, you know, the, uh, the, what they used for, uh, for drink, drink offerings. And so, if, like day three, you have, and we'll see the, the bronze basins as well uh, for washing that's sometimes associated with day three. But the food, you have all the vegetation that's given to man and uh, beast on day six, uh, the fruit-bearing plants and trees, God's provision of food for his people, and the table of the bread of presents. Let's uh, see, so you have these kind of three sections for the tabernacle. The first three, and I have the second three, uh, is you have the 12 loaves of bread, which signify uh, God's presence and provision uh, to provide for His people. He was He was present to provide for His people for their sustenance, uh, for their uh, for their food. Uh, in verse thirty, and you shall set the bread of the presence on the table uh, before me uh, regularly. And so you have food, uh, and then we go from the kind of have the tabernacle as a whole, uh, then the. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant uh, with the cover God's enthroned uh, kind of like his heavenly throne room but now present in the tabernacle manifesting his presence to his people with the cherubim Uh, and then the uh, table of the bread of presence God's provision for them now forth uh, verse 31 you shall make a lampstand of pure gold Uh, on some of the language that's also used is uh, connected and related uh, to uh, you have echoes like in uh, creation. Uh, the lampstand shall be made of hammered work. Its base, uh, its stem, its cups, its calyxes, and its flowers shall be of one piece with it. Uh, it talks about like the six branches going out of its sides. Uh, three uh, on each side. Uh, and then as you go down uh, to verse uh, 37 you have also certain creation imagery just with uh, sort of the, uh, the buds and the blossoms and all these things and the six uh, uh, the six branches uh, going out of it. I think there's a center one as well. And so you have kind of creation imagery. Uh, yeah, and there's one in the middle too. Three going out each side. Uh, in verse 37, you shall make seven lambs for it and the lamb shall be set up so as to give light on the space in front of it. And so it's provision of light within the tabernacle. Um, So as to give light on the space in front of it, its tongs and their trays shall be of pure gold. It shall be made with all these utensils out of a talent of pure gold. And see that you make them after the pattern for them, which is being shown you on the mountain. So Moses made Very well, he's being instructed on a pattern, but may have had a a vision uh, of God's heavenly throne or on the pattern that's being shown you on the mountain. And talked about God being enthroned and they saw under him that was kind of like the sea of crystal for clearness and talking about kind of the flame and the light uh, that they saw uh, as they went to eat uh, in the presence of the Lord before Mount Sinai as the elders went up on on the mountain. Uh, And so you see this imagery of God enthroned and now it goes into broader instructions on the tabernacle in verses 26 uh, and there and the are connections within here but 26 is then you're going into chapter I think it's chapter 30 And so at first God speaks to them at the beginning of this. And then briefly I, I want to touch on then as you go into chapter 30 uh, you have the altar of incense it is most holy to the Lord and it talks about atonement being made. A lot of times uh, ho- holiness or the seventh day will kind of end a section. But uh now in chapter 30, verse 11, so you kind of have the tabernacle broadly uh, again speaking, and you have the themes drawn throughout. Uh, but you have a census, census uh, tax, uh, and the Lord said, then appears, um, I believe it, six times. And so it appeared at the very beginning, back in chapter 35, as God's giving instructions. And while he's still giving instructions, suddenly he gets chapter 30, verse 11. The Lord said to Moses, well, why did it say that? The Lord was speaking. It could just He could have just continued with the instructions like he's done from ch- chapter 25 through 30. But the Lord said to Moses, and this is going to repeat. It's because it, uh, it's technically called a redundant quotative frame. It breaks up, it breaks up, God's dialogue. It's all monologue. He's still the one speaking, but it breaks it up uh, into sections, into units. And so there'll be seven sections ending with the Sabbath. Uh, and so we can't go into detail why the census is connected with uh, day two. I uh, Can't really go into uh, detail there, but part of it's probably bound up with the atonement uh, and the people uh, taking a census for the people, setting them apart. Uh, you have some of the language of like upward the ma'ala, the heavens above Mm -hmm. the ma'ala but uh, then it talks about uh, to make atonement for them, so you have the same language of covering Uh, and then you get into verse 17 the Lord said to Moses so you have that whole like first section 25 through 30 verse 10 and the Lord said to Moses um And so now we have a second section. Now, verse 17, the third, the Lord said to Moses, you shall make a basin of bronze with its stand bronze for washing. You shall put it between the meeting, the tent of meeting and the altar, and you shall put water in it, which Aaron and his son shall wash their hands and their feet when they go to the tent of meeting or when they come near to the altar to minister, to burn a food offering. Uh, which they again might connect with the food, the table of bread of presence, but now basin the seas, uh, and you have some of that similar sort of language for washing for the uh, for the temple uh, for washing them, statute forever. And then fourthly, verse twenty-two, the Lord said to Moses, uh, "Take the uh, the finest spices, uh, and this is to be for uh, anointing oil." Uh, there's a little more complexity in here where the tabernacle themes will repeat in the middle of this section. But then uh, you, you have uh, the, uh, the incense, which you have uh, some of it, like the oils and stuff connected with the, uh, both with the lampstand and the anointing of it, uh, but then also for the altar of incense, uh, which is, we'll see, connected with day five, uh, and then day uh, the six, uh, you have uh, the craftsmen, chapter 3, one, uh, verse 1. Uh, the Lord said to Moses, see, I have called by name Bezalel, uh, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship uh, to devise artistic designs. Uh, And so they're going to craft the tabernacle on day six. You have the creation of man. Uh, And then as you go into verse 12, uh, you have the sixth repetition. um, I guess it'd be the seventh if you count at the beginning of 25. uh, Verse 12 uh, and 13, chapter 31, verse 12 and 13. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said to Moses, you are to speak to the people of Israel and say, above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths. For this is a sign between me. This is the very end of the whole section. Uh, Above all, you should keep my Sabbath. For this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I, Yahweh, sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, uh, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days shall work be done. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to Yahweh. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Therefore, uh, the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days Yahweh made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed, and he gave uh, to Moses when he had finished speaking uh, with him on Mount Sinai uh, the two tablets of testimony, tablets of stone written with uh, the finger of God. And now the people create on the sixth day uh, the two calves and the Sabbath they worship it as Moses comes down the mountain. And what I really wanted to go to, but we took too much time. So we'll touch on it next week because it's a lot. So I don't expect you to get it all, but you guys can read through this. But most importantly, in chapter 40, you you have have these themes repeat uh, elsewhere and we'll touch on that. But in chapter 40, God instructs Moses for the setting up uh, of the, uh, all of this on the first day of the month in the second year. Uh, and then as Moses uh, sets them up, for instance, uh, it goes through all of this. But then in verse 16, uh, this Moses did according to all that Yahweh commanded him. So he did. Uh, In the first month, in the second year, on the first day of the month, the tabernacle was erected. God created the heavens and the earth. You kind of have the general, and that goes through the details. Uh, And so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the first month, in the second year, on the first day of the month, the tabernacle was erected. Moses erected the tabernacle. He laid its bases uh, and set up its frames and put in its poles and raised up its pillars and he spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering over the tent over it as the Lord had commanded Moses. You see this repetition? As the Lord commanded Moses, will now come at the end, kind of like, uh, and there is evening and there's morning, first day. And it helps divide up uh, some of the sections. And so first you have the tabernacle kind of as a whole, you have the basic, you know, you have the earth there. It's incomplete. Uh, Spirit's present. Uh, and Might be kind of like with the, the Holy of Holies and such. But here you have the tabernacle as a whole. Um, and so the earth is like incomplete. Tabernacle's incomplete. As the Lord commanded Moses, verse 20, he took the testimony and put it into the ark and put the poles on the ark and set the mercy seat above the ark or the cover uh, and he brought the ark into the tabernacle and set up the veil of the screen and screened the uh, and screened the ark of the testimony, separating, dividing the holy of holies from the holy place. And so God divides the waters, creates separation uh, in the cover. God's enthroned in heaven. Here God manifests His presence enthroned over the cover uh, of the uh, of the ark with the cherubim uh, on it, which is a it's an image. It's, it's a picture of of uh, the heavenlies. As the Lord commanded Moses. Uh, verse 22, he, he put the table in the tent of the meet, meeting on the north side of the tabernacle outside the veil and arranged the bread on it before the, uh, the Lord. The 3 you have the vegetation, fruit bearing plants and trees. Here you have the, on the earth, God separates the earth and the waters. You also have the bronze basin elsewhere. But um, here the bread is put on it. God's Provision for his people. As the Lord commanded Moses. Verse 24. He put the lampstand in the tent of meeting. Opposite the table on the south side of the tabernacle. And set up the lamps uh, before uh, the Lord. As the Lord commanded Moses. You have the luminaries on day four. That give light to the earth. The Lampstand gives light to the creation. And stand south of the tabernacle. He put the golden altar in the tent of meeting before the veil and burned fragrant incense on it, as the Lord commanded Moses. Uh, You have the fish and the birds. You kind of have a vertical orientation again on day five. And so you have this altar of incense in the tabernacle uh, just outside of the holy of holies, outside of the, uh, the veil that separates them and God's enthronement. And then verse 28 he uh, put in place uh, the screen for the door of the tabernacle, and he set the altar of burnt offering at the entrance of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting and offered on it the burnt offerings and the grain offering. And so the beasts, you know, the sacrifices. As the Lord commanded Moses, but you have two acts of creation on day six. So this is kind of similar. Um, uh, you also have other things as well. But verse 30, he set the basin between the tent of the meeting and the altar and put water in it for washing. Sometimes the basin's on day three, the waters, but sometimes on day six where the priests uh, wash themselves. Uh, w- with which Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet. Uh, they're the priests. Uh, you have the humans on day six. Uh, kind of like we saw Bezalel and they there to make the tabernacle. They came in the sixth followed by the Sabbath. Uh, we saw that back in chapter 30. Verse uh, 31. Uh, and when they went into the tent of meeting and when they approached the altar, they washed as the Lord commanded Moses. Uh, and he erected the court around the tabernacle and the altar and set up the screen of the gate of the court. Uh, so Moses finished the work. It's language of finishing. God completed the heavens and the earth Uh, And all their host. And then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. You know, you see the spirit at the beginning of creation. Now at the end of Exodus, tabernacle God's dwelling in their midst again.
2: It's a series of sevens, huh?
0: Yep. Uh, And to the very end. And so it talks about completion, (laughs) completion, finished, completion uh, to to the end of this. Uh, And the tabernacle for the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day and fire was in it by night. And in the sight of all the house of Israel, through all their journeys, day and night, you know, evening and morning, Uh, and so you have these pictures. Now we've gone over time, so but we'll we'll go into this. So I know it's overwhelming because uh, we kind of shifted gears and got a little off track. But we'll be developing this. (laughs) Well, there's a whole. So don't be don't be overwhelmed. But if you read through this last section, just read through this last section, and kind of see that. Uh, some of those connections, as the Lord commanded Moses, as the Lord commanded Moses, as the Lord commanded Moses. In the beginning of 25, we kind of saw the, I think it's through at least the first four days, lampstand. I don't know if we got to the altar of incense yet. You'll get to that later, I think, as you, right before you get to, you have the tabernacle as a whole, right before you get to, um, uh, and God said, where we saw it, I think in chapter thirty, uh, it resumed it, divided it up. I think you have the altar of incense and kind of connects back and uh, some of those ideas and such. So, this but this last, you, this you last mean chap- chapter, chapter, chapter
1: 40, through forty, yeah,
0: the the whole, but especially chapter forty, you get it very short, compact, mm-hmm. um, that allows you to see it, you know, a little more uh, readily, but these. These sort of themes come in throughout the chapters. And even after Moses, Moses will spend another 40 days, 40 nights. And i will talk about Moses came down to Sabbath, slaughtered them. And then the next day, and then he had to wait a day like uh, on the mountain and God revealed himself. And then 40 days, 40 nights. You then again have the Sabbath afterwards as God renews his covenant. Uh, as you get into Exodus, then... Uh, Going into Exodus thirty five, he renews the covenant, and then you have Sabbath regulations in in thirty five. Maybe right for he receives instructions, uh, and then he goes down and instructs them concerning the Sabbath again. And see if a Sabbath kind of ends the the each section. Uh, And then they give the contributions only after the Spirit of God comes upon the people. Now they have generous hearts. And now they they use their gold and silver and earrings and all that. Not to build the golden calves, but to build the tabernacle so God would dwell in their midst. Uh But we're over time. So I don't want to get in trouble. So uh, we will pick up uh, next time. And we'll go a lot more slowly. So if it's like, whoa, you know.
2: uh, Well, that was a very rapid
1: overview.
0: Yep.